So this week, uh, I was downtown with Amy and Cash, and we're meeting with some, some uh, friends and had, having lunch, and on the way home, we swing by Singing Sun, Singing Sun Coffee Shop. Amy likes it. Uh, I knew she wanted like a matcha from there, and I didn't particularly need anything, and I don't think Cash did, but we, you know, we pull up on the, on the curb and with, in the car, and she's going to go out. She's like, do you guys want anything? Like, no, we don't, we don't want anything. Like, you just go get it, and then come back, and, and we'll, you know, we'll leave. Go get it to go. And she's like, oh, they have like, good cookies and stuff. I'm like, no, we're fine. We just ate. We're, we're good. She's like, well, I have a gift card. And we're like, all right, you have a gift card. When someone says they have a gift card, like, well, I guess I'll waste money then. I mean, so she's like, I have a gift card. I'm like, all right. You know, I, I turn off the card. We get out. We go in, in Singing Sun and, and get the coffees and the treats. And it's, you know, it's like 15 bucks for whatever. And she gives him the gift card. And uh, the woman at the, at the cash, cash register said, oh, you have 25 cents on your gift card. <laughs> And I'm like holding the drink and the, the, the cookie's already out. I'm like, wait, this, I, this isn't fair. This is not what I was, ex- I was expecting. Because right? I wouldn't have got out for that. But you felt kind of like misled by this, this gift card or by my, by my wife, really. <laughs> but, it, but it can be like when, you're, when, you have, when you have expectations of kind of let down, like something's going to be one way and then it's not, it's, it's, it's disappointing, right? And so kind of quickly, we'll go through quickly today, but the Palm Sunday into into Easter week is a lot of this misguided expectations that lead to great disappointment for the people. They're, they're, they're expecting something to happen that didn't happen, right? They're going in to, to the coffee shop thinking it's just going to be all, all, all free stuff, and then like, oh, wait, that's not how it works? Matthew says this in his version of uh, Palm Sunday. Uh, this is after Jesus has, he's, he's just kind of approaching the city. He has asked them to go and, and untie this, this donkey colt for him. And, and uh, he, and he goes and, and uh, they get it, bring it to Jesus. It goes, goes like this. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for, for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road while others cut branches from the trees and spread them out on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, who is this? Who is this? The whole city is stirred. So just to walk through this, this picture a little bit. I think I actually have a picture from something here. Um, there we go. That's not a. That's not a, from the actual time. That's a. You know. <laughs> but it was something like this as he's coming out. He, he's a, he's away from the city. If you remember, he's through through Bethany and Bethpage. He's approaching the city. He has his disciples, and, and there's like the, the the twelve, and there's other ones that are, are growing, and other people are jumping in along the way, and they're all gathering around him. As he entered the city, they were stirred. And I love this this word stirred in the Greek is sayo, stirred, and stirring is is something that you feel. In, in the deeps, in the depths of yourself. It's being, it's being, it's being moved. There's a stirring. We know that when we're moved by something, it, you can kind of feel it on the inside. It seems like a deep feeling. There's a stirring over the city. People are disturbed by this guy is coming into town, riding on a donkey, like what's happening? He's, he's causing a change in how people are, are going to react and respond. And we see this actually when Jesus is born. If you remember the Magi, they, they're going to look for Jesus and they see Herod, King Herod, who ultimately would want to kill Jesus. And they said, oh, yeah, we're looking for the, the birth of the, the Savior, the, the King. He's, he's around here somewhere. And it says this in the text that, that all of Jerusalem was troubled, was troubled at his birth. So Jesus has an impact on people. He has impacts on, on cities. And his arrival here is stirring the people up, stirring the people up. The presence of Jesus causes, causes a stirring. And I thought about this in sort of our own lives as we encounter Jesus, as Jesus enters into our spaces, 
The idea of being stirring. And I, I think that sometimes I could use a good stirring. Feeling moved by Jesus. Now you look at the news, you look at the world, like, oh my gosh, our nation needs a good stirring. Right? Maybe a good spanking too sometimes. It's like, it's just crazy. We need to be moved. And I felt that around the events of, of, of Nashville last week. There's this sort of something in the deep that, that's, that's troubling and, and, and stirs me. And stirring from, from the Lord when we're, we're encountering the Holy Spirit and Jesus is, is with us and he's around us, there's a stirring that comes from the inside while shaking happens on the outside. So there's things that are going on in the world that are, that are troubling. Right? That will shake us up. But, but there's a stirring that comes from God. And there's something deeper on that. So this, the people are experiencing sort of this depth. that just, Something's different about this person. Like we need change. We need grace. Maybe we need this Jesus. And there's this, this movement starting to happen amongst the people, and they're jumping on board. They're kind of getting involved with this, this train as they, as they come into the city. And they're throwing cloaks, and they've got palms, they've cut down branches, and they're singing songs. And, and the throwing of the cloaks in this time is, is, is throwing in someone's path is an act of homage and submission. Right? It's like, oh my gosh, you shouldn't even be touching the ground. It's just, they're, just, they're just covering the ground that Jesus is, is traveling on. And the palm trees is interesting, but 150 years earlier, there was this Jewish revolution where they revolted against their oppressor, the Seleucids. And, and, they, and they had this leader, this guy, this guy Judas, this guy Judas, and they throw this successful revolution and, and they win. And at the end of it, the people are waving palms and they're, they're praising this guy Judas Maccabeus. And they're, they're just praising with palms and palms. And so this guy Judas actually said, we, these palms are significant to us. And he has them stamped on all their coins. So the palms for the people meant this idea of revolt and revolution, of victory. Uh, it's more militant. And when they sing Hosanna, it's, it's, it means save now, save us now. This is, this is sort of what they feel like is maybe going to be their victory march. Remember at the time, they're under the oppressor of Rome. They're living with some sort of freedom, but it's cost them you know, taxation and money. And there's challenges and there's oppression and extortion. So they see this guy, Jesus, coming in who has created this kind of a stir wherever he goes. He's got their attention. He's performing incredible miracles. He's, he seems to be like he's a prophet. He's connected with God. Like, this is the guy. And so they're waving the palms on, let's do this again. We've, we remember that revolt. We've heard about this revolt. Let's do that now. Let's take over, our, take our city now. But for Jesus, as we know, and this is the disappointment for, for the people. Jesus wasn't about a political makeover, but more of a spiritual takeover. He's not as concerned about reforming the government. He wants to reform our hearts. And we talk about that a lot here when we get into sort of political seasons. We've been in a little bit of a rest. I'm sure there's going to be another one coming. We get all wrapped up in the, in the politics that are going on. That's fine to engage politics. But to let it dominate and control and steer your life is, is, is problematic. And we can point our fingers at all the things that so-and-so should be doing and, and what you know, rules and laws and, and things should pass. But ultimately, for us, as we kind of navigate these, these systems, Change doesn't start in the White House, we like to say. It starts in your house. So Jesus is bringing this, this back in. They're looking for him to lead and take over and overthrow the government, right, to reform the system. He's like, no, nah, I'm here to kind of reform you. I'm here to reform you. And it's not just that he came, but how he came. And the, the writers all pay, pay quite a bit of attention to this, that he came riding on a, a, a donkey, and this is prophesied hundreds of years earlier. 
It says, Rejoice, greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. See your king comes to you righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt full of a donkey. And donkeys in Scripture, they're portrayed uh, as symbols of service, of, of humility, uh, of suffering, and of peace. And so therefore, riding a donkey, it symbolizes a coming of peace. And so he's, he's on it. He's not on a, a, a sort of big stallion. It's not on a big horse. But the people didn't make that connection. A colt is often ridden by a new king uh, when there would be a transfer of, of rulership. And the fact that Jesus is, is riding this, this young colt now, there's a transfer, but not from man, but from, from God. A king would have been rode in on a horse ready for war. A king riding a donkey would symbolize peace. But the people caught up in sort of the crowd kind of miss this. They miss this. They also missed most of Jesus' life, who was constantly one to serve. Jesus himself said, I, I didn't come to, I came to serve, not to be served. Mark 10.10. 10. Jesus is about service. Jesus is about service. But people are missing this because they have their own agenda. Right? It says, you and I, constantly. It's easy to miss God when we have our own agenda. And it's easy to feel disappointed when we have misguided expectations. So the people over the course of this week that they're going to start to see how this isn't who we thought it was. It's a little bit of a mistaken identity. And they're going to feel a little bit of a letdown. They're going to feel a letdown. It can be jarring. They're excited about this. They're jumping on board. Right? They're, they're, they're waving the, the branches and they're throwing their cloaks. And like, this is it. They're singing songs. This is exciting. And then they come to find out, no, that's not Jesus. what Jesus is here for. That's like, they're kind of unsettled. I was like visiting Cash at work the other day. Uh, I think I was picking him up. It was early. And he didn't know I was there. I saw him go into the bathroom. He's cleaning, doing his, like, his work. He's cleaning the bathroom. And I, I go, and the door's open. And I, I kind of go behind him in the bathroom and just pinch him a little bit. <laughs> and he turned around. He said, I thought you were an old lady. <laughs> and I'm like, wow. <laughs> what happens at work, man? <laughs> but it's like, it's, it's, it's jarring when you... When an identity is like mistaken, right? Like you don't know what's happening. So that so that people, even though they're they are going to turn on Jesus and, and they're going to crucify him, and this is just part of the story. Like for them, at some point, we could be sympathetic toward that. Like they expected God to do this, and then He did it. And if we're honest, I think most of us have a story like that, where you're walking down a certain path, you've heard a certain thing, you've joined a certain church or or, or club or, or religion or a group, or a book, you've listened to this thing, you're expecting God to do something, and, he, and then he doesn't. He does something different. And that could be hard. That could be hard. That could be, that could be difficult. But the revelation of this Messiah just did not meet the expectation of the Messiah in their mind, so they quit following. They were, they were following when he was coming in because they thought God was going to look one way, and then he didn't. So they unfollowed Jesus. They unfollowed Jesus. Right? They're all about it until it didn't meet their expectations. They're all about it until it impacted them negatively. They're all about it until they realize this isn't going to help us get free from Rome. We're all into Jesus as long as he does what we want. And this is part of human nature. And the disciples, those closest to Jesus, who understood Jesus, who walked with Jesus, they missed this triumphal parade too. They misread it as well. Because we see them, as soon as they're done, they sit down at the, at the table and have this conversation. And all they're talking about, who's going to be the... Who's going to be the greatest? Who's going to sit at your right, right hand? They're looking for the same thing as, as the people were. And Jesus said, oh, just, just be a servant. 
Be a servant. Just be a servant. As we come into this part of this story, Jesus is, you know, has people coming around him and they're cheering and, and singing and they're excited. And we'd actually read in Luke that Jesus approaches the city, he begins to weep, he begins to cry. And because they're cheering for the wrong thing, because they just misunderstand. And they're like, finally, we got a guy who's going to be in charge. And Jesus is like, yeah, yeah. He's like, what? They're like, what are we going to do? He's like, well, I love your neighbor. Love those different than you. Love your enemy. Are we going to overthrow the empire? No, bless those who persecute you. And like, no, 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 just, just restore the, the kingdom of Israel will be good. And we miss, when we have these misguided expectations, I do often lead to disappointment. We've all had those. It's relational, it's work, it's a restaurant. You know, whatever those things are that you're super excited about and they, and they, they fail, they don't meet it. A lot of it's because we're coming in, into these situations of, with this, this idea, what's in it for me? What's in it for me? And so the people following Jesus, especially those jumping in at the end in the crowd, it's like, what's in it for me? What's in it for me? And Jesus says, isn't that way? What's in it for me? And so they become disappointed. And Jesus will continue to pour himself out. He'll continue to serve to the point of death on a cross to bless us. And so maybe a better question of what's in it for me is, how can I be a blessing to you? How can I be a blessing to you? I'm going to have Noah and Caleb come up, and we'll, we'll, we'll wrap up in a, in a minute here. But I know some of us have been disappointed in God. Maybe you're disappointed in God right now. It could be something to do with your family, your friends, your work, your school, your job. It could be hard. I'm not saying it isn't. I've been disappointed. I've expected God to move one way in my life and take me one direction, and then all of a sudden, like, oh, wow, that's, that's not what he's doing. Of course, as I look back, as you get some hindsight, you're like, oh, gosh, I'm so glad I'm not God. I'm so glad I'm not God. But disappointment can be real. And so I would hope right now, as we, as we kind of lean into this Easter week, that our hearts would turn, to how, turn toward how amazing it is that we, we serve a God that, that comes not with a sword and on a big horse, but he comes righteous and victorious, yet lowly riding on a donkey. That he washes his disciples' feet. That he cares for those who are broken. That he would take our shame and our guilt and sin upon himself so we may have a whole relationship with the Father. That was his agenda. That was his agenda. So we pray that our eyes would be open to see that. So God, we thank you for who you are, just for your story, for your, for your grace, God. Lord, I just pray right now, my heart just goes out to those who are just disappointed. Maybe not even disappointed with you, maybe just disappointed in life. You're just feeling a sense of disappointment. Lord, I pray for encouragement as we, as we sing out this last song, these last moments. I pray, Spirit, you would bring encouragement over the disappointed. And I pray you would bring people alongside those who are hurting to love and to lift up. Thank you. In your name, amen. Two stanzas as we close the time of worship.